The following pre-recorded program is paid for by Carla Swanigan Ministries. Get ready to experience and receive the grace you long for from the heart of God. Welcome to Scandalous Grace with Carla Swanigan. Carla is a wife and mother, international speaker, minister, and engaging storyteller known for her transparency with an impactful testimony of how God has transformed her own life. Her desire is to connect you with the heart of God and the truth of how he truly loves and sees you. If you're hurt, if you're broken, if you yearn for God's love and acceptance, let the healing begin. Now, here's Carla Swanigan. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Scandalous Grace. I'm Carla Swanigan, and I'm so glad you're joining us today. Today on the show, we are going to be talking about Zacchaeus, which is such a cool name. I love that name so much. He's one of the coolest dudes in the Bible, and we read about him in Luke chapter 19. So if you want to join along and grab your Bibles or look on your phone app, we're going to be in Luke 19, and we're going to start with verse 1. Um, I don't know if you grew up in church or if you're new to the word or where you're at in your walk, but for me growing up, um, I would go to like vacation Bible school and stuff like that. And we always heard this song that helped us remember like the story of Zacchaeus. It's one of the, like the teacher's favorite songs to sing at vacation Bible school. And it's like Zacchaeus was a wee little man and a wee little man was he. Everybody sing along. No, I'm just kidding. Anyway, hopefully that brought back some memories to you. Um, but the story about Zacchaeus is super cool. So we're going to read about it today. So like I said, if you have your Bibles and you're done laughing at my singing, you can turn with me to Luke chapter 19. And I'm going to be reading today out of the HCSB study Bible, but also out of the Passion Translation. So I'll be going back and forth. So, um, so just turn with me to Luke chapter 19. Verse 1. In the city of Jericho, there lived a very wealthy man named Zacchaeus who was the supervisor over all the tax collectors. As Jesus made his way through the city, Zacchaeus was eager to see Jesus. He kept trying to get a look at him, but the crowd around Jesus was massive. Zacchaeus was a very short man and couldn't see over the heads of the people. So he ran on ahead of everyone and climbed up a blossoming fig tree so he could get a glimpse of Jesus as he passed by. When Jesus got to that place, he looked up into the tree and said, Zacchaeus, hurry on down. I am appointed to stay at your house today. So he scurried down the tree and came face to face with Jesus. As Jesus left to go with Zacchaeus, many in the crowd complained, look at this of all the people to have dinner with. Jesus is going to eat in the house of a crook. Zacchaeus joyously welcomed Jesus and was amazed over Jesus's gracious visit to his home. Zacchaeus stood in front of the Lord and said, half of all that I own, I will give to the poor. And Lord, if I have cheated anyone, I promise to pay back four times as much as I stole. Jesus said to him, this shows that today life has come to you and your household for you are a true son of Abraham. The son of man has come to seek out and to give life to those who are lost. So I love the story of Zacchaeus. Let's dig into it a little bit um, because there's just so much good stuff there um, that I think we can relate to today. First of all, Zacchaeus' name in the Hebrew actually means pure. And that's fascinating to me because the people in his world, his community, they knew him as Zacchaeus, the crooked, greedy, sinful tax collector. But you see, Jesus saw him. Actually, the text tells us in verse 5 that Jesus sought him out. He called him by name. Zacchaeus didn't call down to Jesus. Jesus sought out Zacchaeus. He looked up in the tree. He saw him and he called him by name. 
He called him by his name, Zacchaeus, pure, not crooked, greedy, sinful man. Jesus just saw him and called him pure. You see, Jesus always calls us as he sees us, our true identity. Jeremiah chapter one, verse five says, I knew you before I formed you in your mother's womb. So Jesus sees the gold in us always the father's original intent for us when he created us in our mother's womb. You know, um, it's kind of a big deal to know what your name means for a lot of people. You know, when women are pregnant, men and women, they, um, want to name their baby, something that means something to them or that has some special cultural meaning. And so a lot of people will like Google, you know, what does my name mean? Or you can get those baby name books and, you know, there's all kinds of resources for that. But, um, my name, when I look it up, actually my mother-in-law years ago, when I first came back to the Lord, she gave me this beautiful, um, bookmark that I still carry to this day and I've had it forever now, but, um, it's got the meaning of my name and my scripture verse that goes with my name, but my name, the spiritual meaning of my name is ransomed. And um, according to Webster's, the definition of ransom, to ransom someone means to obtain the release of a prisoner by making a payment demanded, delivered, atoned for, a means of deliverance or rescue from punishment for sin. And if you guys know my story and my history, you know, my testimony, then this should be especially intriguing to you. And if you don't know my history or my story, my testimony, you can catch up really quick. We have a YouTube channel, Carla Swanigan. You can watch past previous episodes of Scandalous Grace right there. And you can catch up and hear a little bit more about my story. But um, knowing what I know about me and my history, that definition, that meaning of my name, Ransomed, rings so true to me. And I don't think it's a coincidence that that's the spiritual meaning of my name because that's what Jesus did for me. He rescued me. He redeemed me from the life of sin that I was living in. I just think that's really cool. Names mean cool stuff. Um, Picking back up with our story of Zacchaeus, the text tells us in the very first chapter, um, I mean, the very first verse of Luke, that Zacchaeus was very wealthy. It says he was a very wealthy man. So he didn't really need anything because he was rich. I mean, if you think about it, you know, a lot of us, we sit around and like, wow, if I had a ton of money, you know, this wouldn't be a problem. And I could take care of this, this, and this. And we always think that money answers all of our problems. And um, I think that we can fall into the same trap as humans to believe that if we have money, if we have wealth, if we have everything we need, we don't need Jesus because we have everything we need. But I'm here to tell you today, guys, that that's just not true. You know, it tells us in Romans chapter 3, verse 23, that we have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And then again, um, earlier in John chapter 14, verse 6. Jesus says this. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So we could have all the money in the world. We could think we've got it all together, that we've got it all figured out, and that we don't need anything else. But I just want to tell you, you still need Jesus. I also think it's super interesting that the story of Zacchaeus takes place in the city of Jericho, the city of that giant wall. It tells us about in Joshua chapter 5. That seemingly unsurpassable wall that Joshua and his fellow Israelites had to conquer to enter their promised land. And they had to conquer it God's way. Otherwise, it would have been impossible. I mean, it was this giant, huge wall. And, um, but with God, we know all things are possible, right? So God's way was to have them walk around the city seven times, completely silent. And then on the seventh time, 
they were to blow trumpets and then shout praises to God. And the walls would fall. And, of course, the walls came tumbling down, and the Israelites finally entered their promised land. And approximately, here we are, yeah, approximately 1,400 years later in this particular text in Luke 19, where we're back in that same city. We find Jesus, the Messiah, the Savior of the whole world, breaking down walls in Jericho again. Only this time, it's the walls of the sinner's heart. It's the walls of the person who had everything he needed, really by all appearances, but he still needed Jesus. And how did Jesus do it? He did it by seeking Zacchaeus out, by seeing him, by reaching out to him, by showing him value through relationship, by eating a meal with him, by staying at his house. You know, theologians believe that based on the wording of this text, that it's very likely that Jesus spent the night at Zacchaeus' house. I mean, come on, man. That is a huge deal. It's one thing to have a meal with somebody and eat at their house. I mean, that's relationship right there. But to spend the night, you know, when you have spend the night company, like, hello, it's a whole nother world. So, I mean, this was a big deal to eat a man, to eat a meal with someone, with this man that was a sinner is one thing, like I said. But to spend the night with him, now that's truly scandalous. As believers... As Christ followers, I feel like this is a model, a how-to of sorts for us by Jesus. He shows the Father's heart towards the sinner and literally models by example how our hearts should also be postured towards unbelievers, towards people we would consider outcasts in our community, towards the lost. But how do the people of Zacchaeus' community respond? Well, it says right there in verse 7 that they grumbled and complained because Jesus was staying with a sinful man, as they called him. And as believers, we have to be careful not to respond the way the crowd did here in verse 7. Instead, when we see the Holy Spirit moving on someone's heart, moving in someone's life, we should rejoice. We should be happy for them. We shouldn't be all jealous and judgy, critical, or religious. I mean, after all, We were all sinners when Jesus found us, too. Now, I absolutely love what it tells us about the interaction between Jesus and Zacchaeus in verse 8. And I want to read it to you again from the Passion Translation. So we're in Luke 19, picking back up in verse 8 again. It says, Zacchaeus joyously welcomed Jesus and was amazed over Jesus' gracious visit to his home. Zacchaeus stood in front of the Lord and said, half of all that I own, I will give to the poor. And Lord, if I've cheated anyone, I promise to pay it back four times as much as I stole. So I love it here that Zacchaeus was amazed. It says that Jesus wanted to visit his home. And it says here that he joyously welcomed him. He was so happy. And it reminds me again, you know, of the scripture that tells us clearly in the word that it's the goodness of God. That brings man to repentance. I mean, that's such a perfect example right there. And then it tells us in verse 9 and 10 that that's when Jesus said to him, This shows today that life has come to you and your household, for you are a true son of Abraham. Because Zacchaeus had repented. He's like, Listen, if I've cheated anybody, I'll give it all back and I'll, you know, four times as much as I stole, you know? And he was given half of all that he owned to the poor. So that's like true repentance. The definition of repentance is to feel or express sincere regret or remorse about one's wrongdoing or sin. Another version says it's to turn away from sin. 
You see, true repentance looks like something. When I came back to the Lord over a decade ago, you know, I remember going back to work, you know, that Monday after that it all happened for me and I gave my life back to the Lord and and just rededicated my life to him. I went back to work and you guys, everybody at work knew something was different about me. I didn't have to tell them. I didn't talk about what happened to me over the weekend that I'd went to church and that, um, Jesus had just drawn my heart back to him. I didn't have to tell them that they saw it. They saw the change in me. It was a heart transformation. You know, I was filled with joy. Um, my behavior was totally different. I'm sure. Um, I remember people saying to me, you look like you're glowing. You look so happy. You just seem like you have peace. Like those were the things that were being said to me. When you receive Jesus as your savior, you guys, you are truly transformed from the inside out. You do look sound and experience life completely different. And I think that Zacchaeus is such a beautiful demonstration of true repentance here. He confesses that he's sinful. He confesses his sins to the Lord and he commits to make restitution restitution. He wants to make it right, you know? And when Jesus says to him in verse nine, this shows that today life has come to you and your household. I love that life, salvation, Jesus, you know, and Jesus goes on to say in verse 10, for the son of man has come to seek and save the lost. And so there's that another example of the beautiful extravagant scandalous grace of Jesus you guys it never ceases to amaze me he finds and helps the hurting ones the broken one the broken ones the ones that feel far from the love of God that's who he came for that's who he's always looking for and as Christ followers that's who we should be called to also that's who we're looking for that's who our outreaches should be to that's who our prayers should include that's where our heart should be turned and broken for is the lost. We're here to seek and save the lost. So how do we do that as believers? What does that look like? Well, like I said, you've got lost people all around you. I'm sure you know some of them. Start praying for them. Start praying for God to reveal his heart to them, his truth to them. Start praying that Jesus would do what he did for Zacchaeus and he would seek him out in a way that's tangible and obvious and lets them know that Jesus sees them, that he knows them by name, that he cares about them. Pray with them. And if you don't feel comfortable doing that, if that would weird them out, you know, just be in relationship with them. Jesus didn't walk up to him and say, Hey, Zacchaeus, let's pray together. You know, he's like, Hey dude, Hey, let's hang out. I want to eat at your house. I want to spend the night with you. You know, let's spend some quality time together. It's relationship. And it's authentic relationship. It's not like car salesman, hey, I want to hang out with you so I can get you saved relationship. You know, nothing against car salesmen, sorry. But you know what I mean. There's no agenda other than love. It's like my good friend Rachel was saying earlier. It's all about the unconditional love of Jesus. That's who he is. That's his heart. And like I said earlier, it's that goodness of God that draws them in. You don't need to be their Holy Spirit junior and start pointing out to them everything that they're doing wrong. They've heard enough of that. You need to see them as Jesus sees them and you need to call it out in them. Call out the gold in them. Tell them how Jesus sees them. Tell them the truth. 
Those are some of the ways that we can reach out and seek the lost as believers. But now some of you listening today, I feel like you relate more with Zacchaeus in the story. You've heard about Jesus. You're intrigued by him. You might even go to a little trouble to see who he is. I mean, Zacchaeus climbed up in that tree so he could get a good look. But you've never seen him. You've never met him. Well, today is your day, my friend. This story that I read to you from Luke chapter 19, this program that you're listening to today, it's just for you. And some of you don't even know how you ended up listening to the show. You're listening right now and you're like, I don't even know how I got on the station. But I just want you to know that Jesus himself brought you to this station. He brought you to this show so you could hear this message today. And I just want you to know that he sees you and he knows you by name. And he loves you unconditionally. Let today be the day that you meet your Savior. He wants to be with you. He wants to come hang out with you. Just like with Zacchaeus. He wants to come to your house. He wants you to get to know him better. He already knows you. He doesn't need to get to know you better. He knows you inside and out. And he loves you. Period. But he wants you to get to know him better. He wants to hang out with you. He wants you to know the truth about who he is. Not what you've heard. Not what you've read, not what you've heard some fire and brimstone preacher, evangelist, or person say. He wants you to know the truth about him. Jesus doesn't care who you are or what you've done. Jesus calls you pure. He calls you his. And he came and died on the cross and rose again to draw you back to the Father and make a way for you. To be restored to your true identity as a son or a daughter of the king. Will you come down from your sycamore tree today and welcome him into your life? You know, if that's you listening right now, I want you to pray with me. If you want to receive Jesus as your savior, if today is your day, I want, I want to pray with you. Oh, dear Jesus, just say this with me. Dear Jesus. I realize that I'm a sinner and you are my savior. Forgive me for my sins, Lord. And thank you now that you do. Come into my life and ransom me, rescue me, redeem me, and restore me to the life that you created me to live. Fill me with your Holy Spirit and lead me in the way everlasting. Have your way in my life, Lord. Show me the truth about you, Jesus. Thank you, God. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. I'm so proud of you right now. If you prayed that prayer, um, heaven is rejoicing over you. Let me just say that right now. There's a great cloud of witnesses. I think um, it talks about in the Bible. Pretty sure it's in Hebrews chapter 11 or 12. And it talks about the cloud of witnesses that are there to spur us on to run the the race. And I believe those are the same people that get so excited when somebody comes back to the father, when somebody's relationship with him is restored. And I just think that's what's happening in heaven right now for you. So God bless you. I'm so happy for you. If you prayed that prayer with me, I would love to hear from you. Would you email me at scandalousgrace at carlaswanigan.com? And that's Carla with the K. 
would you email me and tell me and my team about what God's doing in your life and how the Holy Spirit moved on your heart? And if you have any questions, if you need a church to get connected to or anything like that, we can point you to the, in the right direction of some great churches that would be in your area. But we would love to hear from you. We would love for you to get involved in a community of other believers who will love you and um, disciple you and help you as you get to know the Lord. And for some of you, this is not your first time. You're like me. You knew the Lord, maybe at a young age. But you walked away from the Lord and you stumbled upon this show today. And today was your day to come back to the Lord, just like I did over a decade ago. Today is your day of salvation, your day of restoration. So would you come back to him? You know the prayers to pray, but I'm just going to pray for you right now. Father God, for all those listening who, like me, walked away from you for whatever reason. Father, I pray that you would move on their hearts right now and let them know that you never left them. And that you're not mad at them. You're not angry with them. You just miss them. You want relationship restored with them. You want to hang out together. You want to fellowship together. You want to share in all the good times and the bad times. Everything that's going on in their life, you miss them, Lord. And just like the story in the Bible of the prodigal son, the father was standing outside watching for his son's return. And he was so joyful that he threw a giant party when he came back. And that's what the Lord's saying to you today. I am waiting for you to come back home. I miss you and I love you. Come back home. So, Father God, I just pray for those people. And I pray, Lord, that um, that they would say yes to you again. And they would feel your healing and your forgiveness and your restoration and your love. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. And you guys, if you're feeling this tug on your heart, it's the real deal. Don't let it slide by. Go ahead and just take a minute and talk to the Lord. Get straight with him. He's so kind, you guys. He's so loving. He's such a wonderful savior and he cares so much about you. And I can tell you from personal experience, there is nothing you can do to separate you from the love of God. That scripture, that is true. There's nothing you can do. There's nothing he hasn't already seen or heard. You can't shock him. You can't scare him away. There's nothing you can do. And I'll tell you this too. He will never stop pursuing you. You can run like I did for years. You can turn to the bottle. You can turn to drugs. You can turn to men or women whatever your coping mechanism is to try and fill that void and that hole in your life, but none of that's going to work. Don't do it the hard way. Don't waste any more time. Let let today be the day that you come running back to him. He's right here waiting for you. He loves you guys so much. You know, I just want to tell you this one more little tidbit from our story that I forgot to mention earlier, but it just keeps coming back to me. You know, it says that Zacchaeus climbed up in a sycamore tree. And when I looked that up, information about a sycamore tree, it talks about um, it was a a tree of great importance in Egypt and Palestine. And it attains the size of a walnut tree with wide spreading branches. And it affords a delightful shade. It's just huge and beautiful. But the leaves of it are heart-shaped. And to make the fruit edible... You have to, it says, puncture it with a sharp instrument in order to make the fruit edible. And I feel like sometimes, like today, 
like Zacchaeus was in Jericho and Jesus broke down the walls of his heart to get to him. I feel like that's what he's doing to some of you today. These words might be piercing your heart, but it's for a good reason. He needs to get in there and get to those things that are underneath there. He needs to get through all that stuff that maybe is keeping um, you feeling separated from him. He wants to move all that out of the way. He wants to get to your heart. Let him in there. Let him get to your heart today. God bless you guys. Like I said, if you could email us at scandalousgrace at carlaswanigan.com. We would love to hear from you. I also have a YouTube channel, Carla Swanigan. Again, that's Carla with a K. Um, You can check out past episodes of Scandalous Grace that you've missed. And you can also find us at carlaswanigan.com. Lots of other resources. And um, I have a Bible study, some online stuff that you can get there. And you can find out where I'll be speaking and events that I'll be at. You can just learn more about this ministry. But God bless you guys. I love you so much. And um, I hope you'll join us again next week on Scandalous Grace. And just remember, leave religion out of it and just bring Jesus. He loves you. Have a great day. We hope you were blessed by today's episode of Scandalous Grace with Carlos Swanigan. Please go to carlaswanigan.com to listen to podcasts, see where Carla will be speaking, and to find out about all of Carla Swanigan Ministries' resources, including her video devotional series. Scandalous Grace with Carla Swanigan is a listener-supported radio ministry outreach. We depend on your prayers and donations. Please go to carlaswanigan.com for ways you can partner with Carla in reaching listeners with God's love and grace. Please join us again next Saturday at 4 p.m. for Scandalous Grace with Carla Swanigan. 